Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Because your Chris is on my list when I turn out the lights. The list we're talking about is the did not report list. And the Chris we're talking about is Chris Jones. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. Sitting across from the digital me is my pal Patrick Allen, who you all know from the Thursday show. There's a lot going on today. It's roster cuts day. But despite all of the moves, we have two trades. We have dozens of players cut. And yet the one thing, the cloud hanging overhead of the defending champions is the fact that Chris Jones still has not shown up to Kansas City. There's a lot to talk about today. But first of all, how are you, Patrick? Well, first, I just want to apologize to any anybody who tur- tur- tuned into the YouTube version of this to see the beautiful face of Sterling Holmes. I know it must be rather shocking and perhaps upsetting uh, for some of you to turn in and and, and not see Sterling and see my, my ugly mug. But you're, um, you're looking dapper today. Don't Sterling gets too much credit. Yeah, I am actually wearing a shirt with a collar yeah, for, yeah. for once. Yeah. Um, yeah. But thank you. Yeah. You know, I think we inflate his ego a little bit too much. Yeah. Come on. To be perfectly honest with you. But um, look, you can't deny the facts. He is a handsome man. He's a handsome man. But I, I'll say this. I ran our names through some anagram filters. And you could rearrange the letters in Sterling Holmes to read smelling others. And I think that takes him down a notch. I don't know about you, but but agreed. Anyway, we're off the rails already. We're well, there's a lot of chief stuff to discuss and we're talking anagrams. Yeah. So uh, let you and I let's talk some chiefs here. It was a busy day, busy, busy day, frenzied day. But to catch people up, you know, we all know the 90 man roster runs nine. Uh, you have a 90 man offseason roster. Then today, by the le- by 4 p.m. at the league office, which is on Eastern Time, every team had to get down to at least 53-man roster, which they'll carry into the regular season. Now, uh, there still will be a bit of shifting back and forth there because there's some maneuvering, some manipulation that teams have to do with maybe injured guys. So for some of you, if you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they cut that veteran, for example – they could re-sign that veteran tomorrow. They just had to carry, every team maybe has to carry an injured guy through today in order to place them on injured reserve with the chance to bring them back, right? Yeah. So we're going to dive, we'll dive into all the minutia. What does this mean? Um, if you're here, if you're curious about Chris Jones and our thoughts there, we'll get to those eventually. But on this episode, really, we wanted to break down the Chiefs roster moves and Honestly, the questions start at quarterback. I mean, they start at the very top. 
So we're, we're just going to march through this um, position by position and give our take on this. Patrick, starting at quarterback, that was like the big battle was Steve Bouchel, Blaine Gabbert. Um, normally we gloss over quarterback when we discuss the Chiefs because we're like, oh yeah, you know what's what's the mystery here, right? Yeah. But like, what were you expecting to happen here versus what actually happened? Which is, by the way, in case people don't know, the fact that Shane Bouchel was cut today. Uh, Bouchel was cut. A lot of Coon was cut. Yeah, what do you make of that? What were you expecting? Well, first of all, a second ago, the first time you mentioned him, you called him Steve Bouchel, which is an maybe old Rangers like a, third baseman. He, yeah, he's a, or it could be like a like a a, a combo of Steve Buscemi and, and Shane Bouchel, <laughs> uh, two talented guys. Um, look, um, yeah, I, I'm. I was a little surprised by this one. I mean, I'm not. I'm not like gobsmacked or anything, but the Chiefs have invested quite a bit of time and effort and a little bit of money into Shane Bouchel. And he had some nice moments in the preseason. Not not a great finale there, uh, but I, I don't necessarily blame him for all of that. So I was surprised that they didn't keep him on the roster, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought they would carry three. I didn't think Blaine Gabbert was going to get cut. I think they probably wanted would have wanted Blaine Gabbert to continue to be their their quarterback, their backup quarterback in an emergency situation. He's a veteran, a little more experienced, a little more trustworthy. I, I would have thought if they had kept all three of them, if something catastrophic happened, and I'm I don't even want to mention it, but if, if Patrick Mahomes were to be lost for the season for whatever reason, he got abducted by aliens, because we know he's indestructible, he can't get hurt. Uh say he Mahomes gets abducted by aliens, then in that situation the Chiefs might say, Well, we're gonna go with Bouchelle because there's no chance of Mahomes coming back. We want to get some good run out of this guy. Maybe we can trade him, he can be our long term backup. But you keep that veteran around in case Mahomes has to leave for a, a half or a game for something minor. Um, so I'm a little bit surprised that they cut him, but maybe they just felt like he hadn't gotten to where they wanted him to be. And they like other guys on the roster more. And I think sometimes we get caught up as fans and, oh, well, you know, they've been this guy's been around and they've got to keep him and uh, positioned him. We want to have at least three quarterbacks. But I do think they try as much as they can to look at the roster and say, who are the best guys? And if yeah. we can, we want to find a way to keep the most talented guys. And if that meant kept keeping 10 offensive linemen versus three quarterbacks, they probably feel like, look, if we need it, if we need another quarterback, we can get somebody on par with Shane Bouchelle later. Yeah. Here's the interesting thing here. The wrinkle. Remember this, the, the NFL added a rule this year saying that you could carry a third quarterback on the active roster and activate him without having to put him among your actives. So like normally a team has 53 spots, you go into a game with 46 active spots, but if the Chiefs were rolling with Shane Bouchelle, they could actually insert him into a game without having to include him on the active list. That makes that makes a inactive spot with a quarterback more valuable than normal. So here's what this tells me, that as much as they like Shane Bouchelle, plus the boost of having him available potentially as an inactive was still not enough to get him over the hump compared to a roster spot for someone else. What that tells us is as much as we may like Shane Bouchelle, the Chiefs decided just like what you said, something there was not clicking because now he is subject to waiver claims. I mean, he's he's not a veteran who gets released and then he's still going to be an RFA even next year. So any team could claim him. And remember, the Arizona Cardinals tried to do that back in 2021. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see another team say, 
hey, he's looked pretty good. He's been with Andy Reid for a couple of years. Let's let's give him uh, let's give him a shot there. And maybe sometimes. And look, these these are NFL teams. There's a lot of money at stake. These aren't charities. But sometimes they will do a solid for somebody. And maybe they felt like, hey, look, like you know, this guy, he's young. Maybe he's not the best fit for us. Let's cut him loose and see if he has a chance to catch on with somebody else. And they can always bring him back if he doesn't. Yeah. If he doesn't land on somebody else, they can put him on the practice squad and call him up if the interest isn't there from another one of these teams. The Cardinals may not want to touch him right now because they they just seem like dead set on losing him as many games as possible. And he might be a little bit too, too good for them. Um, <laughs> so, you know, these things happen. And there's, a as you mentioned, and it's something important to keep in mind today, th- this is not over. Yeah, there are guys getting cut from other teams, contracts being figured out. Obviously, the Chiefs still have their thing with Chris Jones. Some of these guys who are on the roster right now, unfortunately for them, it's just like a stay of execution. I mean, there's one person right now we know whenever Chris Jones, if he ever comes back, someone's gone. Someone's getting cut. So whoever's that last man on the roster right now, there's probably a few more moves to come. Sure, sure. Let's switch gears here. We're, we're looking at running back. And again, you know, what you thought might be, uh, you know, a position with little drama turn into, uh, honestly, I'm thrilled with it. I, I know this is probably going to go against the grain. I said this morning on Twitter, if I was if I was the GM, I'd walk into that. What I said was I would keep McKinnon, I would keep Pacheco, and then I would lose the entire rest of the position. I wouldn't care at all. What the Chiefs ended up doing was keeping those two guys along with Clyde, and then we watched P. Ryan and Prince left off the roster in the end. It looked like in the first half of the preseason that Daenerys Prince had played his way onto the roster. In the second half of the preseason, it looked like P. Ryan had, had moved into his position. Turns out none of them were really good enough to win a job there. What do you make of that? Do you think we see those guys back, or do you think um, you know maybe some new blood? You know, I think it's this. It's it's similar to the situation with Bouchelle, where look at the running back position. Like so, Bouchelle, right? He's a backup quarterback to Patrick Mahomes. Where the Chiefs are with the quarterback position right now is they do not need to cling to young guys. Their quarterback position is set for the foreseeable future. At running back, the NFL has decided, look, these guys, most of them just aren't that special. They're all incredibly athletic, but they have a very short shelf life. They're not worth paying a ton of money for, and they're not worth giving up a bunch of resources for, except in very rare circumstances. And even then, it might blow up in your face. Yeah. Another thing I think is important to remember is that what we see in preseason games, while it's illuminating for us, the Chiefs have been practicing with these guys for a month. Like they know everything about them. They know more about them than we do. There's a reason why guys like LaMichael P. Ryan and, and Daenerys Prince are just like out there floating around to where like, you know, there's, there's always a reason, right? Justin Ross made the team, but we know that he was an incredibly talented, high upside, potential first round type of player when he was in college. And there were other reasons why he was able to land on the Chiefs in the way that he did. And I think, again, the Chiefs are looking at the roster and maybe they like P. Ryan. They think he's a really good player. But they probably have 10 other guys on speed dial that they think can do what Michael P. Ryan can do for them if they need him. And if they're looking at their roster and they're like, boy, we sure are thin at defensive tackle. Offensive line is the most important thing to this team in terms of winning because we have to protect Patrick Mahomes. So we want to have as much depth as possible there. Looking at the running back position, it's just it's it's easy to replace. I'm sorry, but it is, especially for this team in this offense. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised that they only went with three. Were you surprised that one of those three was Clyde? No, no. They're pay- they, he, they owe him a bunch of money. So, and again, he knows the offense. They yeah. know him. He's got very good ball security. Um, he's, and I, I always feel bad for Clyde because I think people are so shitty to him because of something that's just not his fault at all, which is where he was drafted. That's yeah. on the front yeah. office and the chiefs. Uh, if you, if you got him in the fourth round, you'd be thrilled. Uh, he's a fine running back. He's averaged well over four yards per carry for most of his career. He's had injury issues. I've got, you know, his vision doesn't seem to be the best at times. Right. But like most of the frustration directed towards him comes because of where he was drafted. And that's not his fault. There is no reason to cut. He is a quality. There's also a reason, even if maybe it was a little bit of a mistake, why he, he was going, why he went at the end of the first round, he would have been drafted, you know, in the first three rounds. He's talented. So no, don't like why? Just write out the contract. You didn't pick up his option. Um, there's no reason to, to cut somebody like that when you're going to owe him a bunch of money anyway. Yeah. Do you think if you had to make a prediction, will we see one, zero, one, or two of these guys back on the practice squad? I mean, it really comes down to the other teams uh, and where they're at. You know, P. Ryan put some good good tape together. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody snagged him and wanted them on their roster as a, as a depth piece. Prince, I could see coming back. Um, but yeah, either one of them. I think the Chiefs like them. And if you're only going to carry three running backs on your active roster, you need, you're going to have to have somebody on the practice yeah. squad at that position. Um, so maybe both of them return. I saw the uh, the Denver Broncos released uh, Tyler Beatty. So Mizzou fans may want to you know see him out of more local context. He was a... He was a sixth round pick, so that could be pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, these things really don't move the the meter so much. They're exciting in the preseason, but the list of preseason heroes, which we'll talk about this in just a second. Um, you know, like the list of preseason heroes. If we put posters on our wall of those guys versus the guys who like really end up on the roster, we'd probably be pretty surprised at what our room looks like. Yeah. It's the it's actually they call it the Bobby Scipio Hall of Fame. You know what? I need to decorate this room anyway. Maybe I should like come up. Maybe I need like a Sylvester Morris poster. Yeah. 
maybe like a John Baldwin helmet yeah. back here. It's some know. Junior Ciavi merchandise. This is a Love this it. is a great idea, actually. By the way, did you know that Bobby Scipio, he played for like a million teams like CFL, all these weird football leagues after the Chiefs, and he played for the uh, Chicago, a team called the Chicago Slaughter. Um, funny enough, later he went on to get arrested for attempted murder. He did? He, it's, this is on his Wikipedia page. He like, it was his, I think his sister's boyfriend, and they like black bagged him and took him to a field and pointed a gun at him and like threatened him. Charges were dropped, so maybe the guy deserved it. I don't know, but interesting story. Another interesting story on <laughs> September, and this is still Bobby Scipio related. Scipio. On September 1st, it'll be the anniversary, I think this was 2007, of when the Chiefs cut Bobby Scipio because they cut him initially, and then they brought him back on, and they cut him. Do you know who they cut him for? Can you guess? No, no. They cut him for Tyler Thigpen. Siggy. So it was a well, it was a watershed moment in Chiefs history. Man, that's and they cut Bobby Scipio for Chiefs legend Tyler Thigpen, or as I always referred to him when I ran Arrowhead Addict, Bones. <laughs> Bones. Oh man, Bobby! I never knew that much about Bobby Scipio. You're like a walking Scipio Britannica. However, that works. Let's talk wide receivers. Look, the Kansas City Chiefs and the history of Andy Reid's time with the franchise. Ten years have carried five and six receivers. But for the first time ever, the Chiefs are allowing seven wide receivers. This is known as the Justin Ross clause. They're lining up seven receivers deep on the active roster. First of all, Justin Ross making it. Are you like you glad to see it? Would you have made the same move? I mean, based on everything I've seen of the kid, absolutely. And I'm sure they, they obviously saw a lot more. Yeah. He is he has a rare athleticism. And the size that he brings to the table, MVS has that size, but I mean, you saw it in the preseason game with the, with the touchdown pass that Ross caught where he went up high and went and got it. You don't really see a lot of that from, from MVS or really anybody on the chiefs. You know, they had Jody Fortson, but he looked a little bit like, I mean, you know, you watch that clip and you're like, was that Jamar chase? Like if you squint, (laughs) it's a similar sort of ability. So I'm not saying he's going to be Jamar Chase, but what I'm saying is he is extremely talented and he's something that the Chiefs don't quite have. I don't know how this is going to shake out when they like, is he going to be active? Like, I, who's not, do you think they're going to carry seven guys on game I, day? No, I, I can't imagine they're going to carry seven guys on game day. I think the first question they have to answer is, is Kadarius Tony going to really be healthy or are they mincing words, not telling it, and he's going to end up on IR? Or at the very least, just an, an unhealthy scratch until he is okay. Yeah. At the point that he is okay, then you have some real decisions to make because who's gonna who's gonna sit? Fans are gonna want to sit Justin Watson, but Justin Watson does so many things well that that the coaching staff, you know, the coaching staff's given him starters reps, right? I mean, we're looking at like like a three receiver set. You're looking at what Tony Watson and and Sky, right? I mean, I think. I think those are the three guys out there. Then, you know, Richie James may work into the slot on occasion. And, you know, is Ross like Ross cleared the first hurdle, but people are going to assume now that they're going to see Ross on game days in the end zone. And, and that's not there yet, at least that we know of until it, it is. So I think, you know, people could be let down in the first week if, if Ross isn't trotted out there like some, you know, like he's a starting. Like he's a starting guy. So he cleared the first hurdle. Kudos to him. But it's not all the way yet. Like the Ross story is not like all the way where people 
want it to be. And it does create some real, you know, is he just going to be a healthy scratch for, for the foreseeable future? I, you know, I don't know. How do you think it shakes out with those guys? It's tricky because we, we know the reason why Watson is here is because of special teams. So if, if it wasn't because if he didn't play special teams, he wouldn't be on the roster. So that kind of rules him out for being inactive, probably on game day. And you're probably not, I don't think they're going to use him a ton. I think they, they like to rotate him into that MVS spot. He's, he's got a similar skill set to MVS. So when you look at this, after the way that Richie James played, I could see like, who sits Richie James? Like maybe, but is, it, is Rice sitting out as a second round pick? I mean, is, I mean, is it's it- so it's because they, they've been so high on him and they, they used him a lot in the preseason. I, I, I really don't know. Like, I don't see how they can have them all active, but it seemed like in the preseason, what they when they had the ones out there, they just I think they've got all these packages and they're like looking for mismatches. And so, like, you know, they can go out there if they want to, and they can be like, all right, we're gonna roll out, you know, MVS and like like they can be like the like an NBA team and they can go big or they can go small and fast, you know. So that maybe maybe they've got some sort of crazy scheme cooked up where they are going to have all those guys active because they play special teams because it gives them mismatches and because they only have three running backs and because they don't have a fullback and they didn't keep, you know, they only kept three tight ends, right? We're going to get to that. They only kept three tight ends. So you're, you're and So they only kept two quarterbacks when they ex- expected three. They only kept three running backs when you expected four. They only kept three tight ends when you expected four. And there's no fullback. That's four slots there created by some offensive restraint that they're going to use in other places. That's not to say that those positions won't be filled by maybe a new signing, a veteran, a guy coming back in some way. But as of Tuesday's deadline, that's what they decided to create. I'll say this though, on the on the downside, when you go with a bunch of guys who can do like one thing well as receivers, when you refuse to get a total package, like when you don't resign Tyreek, when you don't trade for T. Higgins, you know, when you don't when you don't grab a first round guy, now we're seeing the effects of that. You gotta carry seven because the complete guys you do have are now injury risks in Ross and Tony and the incomplete guys who do like certain things well now carry different roster spots. And now you're having to carry seven when maybe you'd only have to carry five. If one or two of these guys were what you'd call very well-rounded and reliable wide receivers. That's what now the chiefs are having to do to adjust to their, like, you know, whatever their mantra is now for like, for like their acquisition of wide receivers, the way this is, fallen in that that's the price they're paying is roster spots yeah yeah jacob says we sound dumb because watson did not play a lot of special teams they literally put him back that are field kicks man punts last year when sky Moore couldn't hold on to the ball so that's you have to have a lot of trust in somebody to put him back there to do that <laughs> i uh I, I do wonder about returner though right because what because here's the one thing we didn't talk about we didn't talk emir smith marset right right um who they traded smith marset for a 2020 five by the way 2025 and then conditional swap of seventh round picks so that's about as uh, you know that's basically saying we'll take something anything give me uh, you know that's brett veach on the phone with carolina's gm going i will take anything at this point just give me any return for smith marset 
you know, so some people really didn't like that for the Chiefs because obviously you have uh, some return option there. Um, but between Prince, Smith, Marset, and Richie James, you had returner, returner, returner. Now you just have James. That's it. That's 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 your go-to on both sides. So yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see if do you think James takes over both roles there? I guess you've had Pacheco in that role before, right? And they had well, they had like Prince returning kicks, and James is the punt guy. They seem to. They seem to switch it up. I, I think they seem to. I think they might like running backs in that kick returner role and receivers in that punt returner role. Yeah. But the Amir Smith Marset thing, that's just a great win, in my opinion, for the Chiefs. You know, this is a guy who you were going to cut. Yeah. And you get a little bit of value from like the Panthers aren't going to be very good, uh, bearing any sort of incredible surprise. So, you know, you're probably moving from the back of the seventh round to maybe the front. And for a guy that you picked up to be a camp guy and he turned out to be kind of talented, that's that's a win. Good for the Chiefs and good for him. Because like yes. and that's and yes. I and I want to echo this with the conversation about generic Prince and LaMichael P. Ryan. As much as like we were excited by those guys and some of the things they did, and it it might have been nice to see them on the roster. Those guys weren't going to play even if they did make the roster. Like if LaMichael Pirine made the roster, he's not he's not getting in there. Now you can make your argument about depth that running backs get hurt. Something could happen to uh, you know anybody. McKinnon and then do you want Pirine back there and catch the ball a little bit? Sure. That would be great. But they know the personnel that's out there. Right? It's not like they just they cut these guys and they're like, "Yeah, we'll figure out running back later." Like if those guys get scooped up Brett Veach has got a list. They have a list of they've got their power rankings for positions, guys that are available, guys they might trade for like this. They get paid millions of dollars to be on top of the shit and have backup plans for their backup plans. So, you know, it doesn't mean they're always right, but these guys probably weren't going to play. Smith Marset was had no shot of cracking this lineup. So now maybe he goes to, to, to Carolina and he, he becomes a guy and that would be maybe a little painful for us Chiefs fans, but it should only be really painful if the seven guys they put on the roster ahead of him are all <laughs> so bad that you're like, God, why don't we keep Smith Marset? Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. And and look for anyone who wanted to over, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Smith Marset because he looked good, but the truth is last, you know, in 2021, it was Doris fountain who had everyone going, Oh, who is this? He, you know, he led the team in receiving in 2020. There was no preseason due to COVID. But in 2019, there was a kid named Cody Thompson who did the same thing, led the Chiefs in receiving yards, and everyone was like, who's Cody Thompson? Four years later, now you're going, wait, who, who's Cody Thompson? So, you know, let's not pretend that these normally turn out really well. Uh, that's why the Panthers didn't give up anything else, or there was no market there yeah. for demand to even drive that price up. So, you know, the Panthers take a flyer for nothing on a guy who showed something, and if it doesn't work out, then there's they're out nothing anyway. So I think it works out for everyone. I think you're right. Remember, Carolina's got a nice young, you know, they got Bryce Young yeah. uh, in as the number one quarterback there. And then they uh, then they shipped off DJ Moore to the Bears. So you've got room there. You've got DJ yeah. Shark. You've got, they drafted Jonathan Mingo. Uh, Terrace Marshall's out with a back injury right now. And then you have like LaVisca Cheneau, a few others. There's room there for Smith Marset to make his mark on special teams and wide receivers. So yeah, someone's always willing to give him a look. Yeah, let's talk let's talk tight end because you mentioned the fact that we normally expect four. We only got three. That's Matt Bushman uh, was left out. Is that surprising to you? Not surprising. Would you have liked to see it? You know, I didn't see enough from him. Like, just 
I, I, I like some of his, his blocking reps that I saw in the preseason, actually. I know he made sort of a splash a couple of years ago catching some passes. So that's what I what I liked when I when I saw him out there squaring up really well and moving guys around. But again, you know, they like Jody Fortson. He's on IR. Is he going to be somebody that gets scooped up? I, I don't know. Um, it's strange to me they're not – they ran so much – like 12 personnel last year that I, I'm surprised that they're only have three tight ends, but they must have a plan for that. And maybe they think, you know, they've got a feel for these guys. Like I know it feels like everybody that gets cut is going to get scooped up by some other team on waivers, but generally that doesn't really happen. There's a few, a yeah. few guys that are really interesting and, and teams will take, but you know, they don't know as much about these guys as the chiefs do. And there's, there's a reason why you see guys, hang around for the Chiefs preseason after preseason after preseason. It's because nobody else wants them. The Chiefs know enough about them that they kind of want to see how it goes. So he might just be right back on the practice squad. Yeah, I, I think we'll see him on the practice squad. And I also but I also think I think Bushman's going to be active for a few games this year. I could totally see him, you know, sort of climbing the depth chart. He did it with the Raiders before he was doing it last year before he broke his clavicle. You know, I, I I like his hands. I, th- I think he's going to be, I think he could be somebody. More importantly to me is seeing what Noah Gray is going to turn into this year in this hybrid role that they're asking him to play. I, I just, I like his trajectory and I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be an exciting player behind Kelsey. So yeah, but uh, look, let's move on here. We got a lot more positions to cover. Look, the offensive line, you know, no one's surprised there. The, the starting five remain the starting five. And then you have some surprises. Look, we, Lucas Niang, tackle, um, is backing up Juwan Taylor and Donovan Smith, who are tackles. And then you have Wanye Morris, tackle, who's stuck. And then you have Prince Tega Winogo, tackle. Five tackles, taking up roster spots here. Um, and then in addition, you have Nick Allegretti, and then they carried Mike Caliendo, which knocks Darian Kennard off the list. He was waived. So that's last year's fifth-round pick. Um is now available out there for another team to claim. Um, and and then maybe there were, there were some other guys that people wanted to see uh, out there. Were you surprised by how offensive lines shook out? Uh, I was a little bit surprised by Card. I thought they would hang on to him for another year, but I actually think it's, it's probably uh, a nod to Wanongho and how much they like what he brings to the table. And he's been hanging around. Um, and they, and they kept 10. So, you know, the, uh, Caliendo, I wasn't sure if they're going to keep Caliendo, but they obviously like him. Other than that, I wasn't surprised. Um, you know, Allegretti I knew was, was going to be a lock versatile for them, been around for a while. So, um, to me, I was thinking Kennard would make it. And I was trying to just, I thought they're going to keep nine. And I was like, is it going to be Wanongho or Niang? And I thought this would be it for Niang just because he hasn't really panned out. Um, but they obviously still like what they see there. Yeah. I, you know, I think we can forget that Niang like immediately grabbed a starting spot when he was with this team. Yeah. And then even after he was injured the first time, he returned to reclaim a starting role. And so, you know, it's, it's not talent, it's health. Um, and of course then health affects your talent. I mean, if you're, you know, injury could lower that ceiling and he's not starting now. And the chiefs went out and grabbed two new starting tackles and drafted another. So that, that tells you what they thought of the position this off season. But um, 
Yeah, it, it, it's interesting to see the way that shakes out. Caliendo might have been saved by Nick Allegretti's shoulder. Remember, Nick Allegretti's dealing with a shoulder injury that's kept him out of practice several practices in a row. And um, so, yeah, you know, Caliendo has years of starting experience, both at center and guard at Western Michigan. Um, so maybe his experience along the interior versus like Darian Kennard, they're trying to move him there. But you know he's never lined up at center and and like you know, in a meaningful game. So yeah, so Caliendo is the big surprise there. Um, let's shift gears to the defensive line. Look, we're without Chris Jones. The, the, the whole line is kind of a mess. At least the interior of the line is kind of a mess. Um, you know Jones is out. Turk Warden is having a hard time staying healthy um, in his return from a serious leg injury dating back to. Week five against the Raiders last year when he was lost, um, you know, and and then also um, you know without like Carlos Dunlap coming back, um, and that way you know we, we've got some missing players and Charles Omenihu is going to sit for the first third of the year as well. He's a guy who can even slide inside, <laughs> so they've kept Matt Dickerson here. Um, you got to assume he's the one to go if Chris Jones comes back. When you look overall at the state of the defensive line, though, um, I mean, we could start on the edge or just talk about it overall, but I, I'd love your sort of initial thoughts. Well, I was a little surprised they cut Wise because they were rotating him in with the first team and he flashed some plays. But again, this is where, like, this is where it's important for us to remember. Like, what we see in preseason is a very small sample size of what the Chiefs have seen. Yeah. So just because somebody maybe looks good and a few snaps against a, another backup doesn't mean that they couldn't be a huge liability um, if they actually played against starters. So I'm concerned about this group. My guess for what they think is that they're going to be able to get really exotic. And I think, you know, like they, they like Naughty. And I think they feel like they'll be okay with the run defense, particularly because they have Bolton back there behind them. I think they're they're hoping that if they don't have Chris Jones or limited Chris Jones, that they think they can get exotic with their blitzes and blitzing their linebackers and blitzing their corners and manufacturing sacks, which frankly is something that they've been good at. They haven't always just been brilliant, like drop everybody back and rush forward and just rack up the sacks. That's not how they've been getting a lot of their sacks. Um, so that's what Spags likes to do. They they brought in Drew Tranquil, and you saw it in a preseason game. Them using him as a blitzer. They like to use Willie Gay Jr. as a blitzer. They like to use Legereus Sneed. So maybe their plan here is um, we'll be okay because we can get exotic and we're multiple and we can do a lot of different things. Yeah. Hey, I'm seeing some comments here about Neil Farrell, and we didn't go over that. Um, a couple hours, about four hours ago, actually, the Chiefs shipped a sixth-round choice um, to the Las Vegas Raiders, a rare intra-division trade, um, and they got back Neil Farrell. I I loved this deal. I love this deal because a few reasons. One, they ship a sixth-round pick for last year was a fourth-round pick. The Raiders invested a fourth in Neil Farrell. LSU kid comes out. He's 330. He's huge. I mean, he's like he's a mammoth player. He's also six foot four. So he can he he's got some length to interrupt the passing lanes as well. Um, he's a quick strike. 
Uh, he had 45 tackles, 45 tackles in the defensive interior for LSU in 12 games. Not Didn't even play the bowl game. So he can make the tackles and wrap up real quickly in the run game. Um, he's big. He comes with three more years of cost control. Like, that's what's so smart about this. Yes, the Chiefs traded a draft pick, but they're getting it's like it's like they basically drafted Farrell too in last year's draft at a position where there's very little um young talent. Like the Chiefs had Phil Hosk. Uh, the Chiefs are, have relied on a ton of journeymen. Daniel Wise, Phil Hoskins, Matt Dickerson, Chris Williams, all those guys were in camp for the Chiefs, and they were all like veteran journeymen from other teams. Yeah. Now they draft Keandre Coburn from Texas this this year. Then now they trade for Neil Farrell, um, you know, a big thick lineman. Farrell's got some real stamina issues. It would have been great to have him before camp because Andy Reid would have run him all over the place. You got to think he's going to lose pretty significant weight, honestly, if he's going to like if he's going to suit up for the Chiefs on the regular. But remember how I'll say this: Did you see how Danny Shelton looked this year compared to last year? Like that guy was like svelte. I mean, he just looked. He, he looked like uh, I don't know. Like he was getting married, and he was like losing weight to fit into the suit for the second picture. He looked great. Yeah. So I think a big guy like that, when he's with the Chiefs for a while, is going to learn how to like you know, lose some of that extra padding while still retaining a big core to be that great run defender. Um, you know, Derek Nottie's a series of one-year signings. Farrell and Coburn now give you two guys through 2025 um, at least to to give you some of that run defense. I thought it was a great deal, and I think you can help this year too. Yeah, and you just you work on them, right? It doesn't have to be – it doesn't have to be – it's very in vogue, and we saw this with the Eagles last year, just like rotating defensive linemen in and keeping those guys fresh. And I think teams have gotten a little bit smarter about that and been like, why are we like, you know, if you don't have Reggie White out there, like, what you know, yeah, it's hard. Like, have you ever wrestled or done – you know, I, I didn't play football, but like, you know – it's it's a totally different story than when you're out there and you're running running sprints as a wide receiver and you're winded and you're in good cardiovascular shape, but you're, you're just basically getting shoved at the line. These guys are they're given everything they have. it's ex, it's exhausting. I get exhausted just watching them do it. <laughs> so having having a rotation, having a guy you can bring in, um, uh, sub out, bring in sub out. I think it keeps everybody more fresh throughout the course of the game. It, it those offensive linemen though they don't sub out very much. They're usually there the whole time. So, you know, why not hit them with another big, strong guy who who didn't just go up against them on the last rep? I like it. I think it's smart, and you never know what you might find. Chiefs haven't been great when it comes to their, their defensive linemen stuff. They've been better at other positions, so maybe they're trying to turn that around. Yeah. I, I will say this too. I just saw the Eagles on their on their final submission to for the roster cuts. They kept seven defensive tackles. Seven. Yeah. So if you thought they were rotating a ton of guys before, the, it's like they're preparing like one of those t-shirt cannons of defensive linemen to just like 
shoot them out like you know in some sort of repetitive way yeah it, it, it could be the new way of doing things if if winning teams are going with such large rotations almost like hockey lines yep. that, that come in and out yeah um hey at, at linebacker the chiefs kept six guys six i was i was i found this the most shocking of all things on the roster that they kept the four that we know, you know, Bolton, Gay, Tranquil, Chanel. And then they also kept Cochran, which we kind of knew they would do. Jack Cochran at number five. And then Cam Jones at six. Are you surprised by keeping six? Well, you know, thinking about what I just said, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you know, um, if they if they think they're going to need to um, muster up some extra pass rush with some guys. Then and they think they're a little bit weak along the defensive line, but stronger at linebacker. That might have been part of the calculus there. Um, so you know, I don't Jones. I don't know enough about. It. I haven't seen enough to, to to have like a really educated opinion on what he brings to the table. But the Chiefs do, and so it it's. I was definitely surprised that they kept six, but I think it it, it may make sense when they're trying to again, as we just talked about, maybe rotate guys through find certain matchups and use guys in certain situations, especially because they knew they knew they weren't going to have Omenahue. Like when they signed him, even then they knew he was getting suspended. They probably were hoping he was just going to get suspended for four games, turned out to be six. And then they, they thought that this Chris Jones thing was going to be resolved. And now they don't know, like they, they don't know when that's going to be resolved. So th- those are two major players for your pass rush that may not, that one definitely won't be available. And the other one, may not be available. So it's smart to keep guys that they think might be able to help impact there and keep other guys fresh. Do you think, do you think they wish that they, they would have appealed the Omenihu suspension to make him available early on? Or do you think like, let's just get this all out of the way. And, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of the appeal process. If they had done that, would it have lingered into the season? So then he, he can play a game or two, which that on the at first, it seems great until you're getting into the meatier schedule. And if you look at the chief schedule, the front end is a lot more friendly than the back end. The back yeah. end is, is when it really gets tough and they, they, they take the Eagles again, the bills and the Bengals. So they may have just been like, we knew that this was going to be the deal and we're fine with it. And let's just, let's just start the clock so that we have them for the second half of the year. And really for a team like the chiefs, that's when things really start to ramp up. Yeah. Well, let's look at defense. Uh, the secondary. Did the secondary end up shaping up after roster cuts the way that you thought it might? Like, how were your predictions? Were they on or off? Uh, yeah, it was pretty much dead on. I had a feeling that they would go with five. These are the five that I figured that they would go with. I know there were some. The, the, you know, they, they like to they like to have a lot of cornerbacks. Um, and there were some people that I know a lot of fans had camp crushes on, but at the end of the day, uh, this is far and away, probably your best group. Yeah. They're, they're young, they're deep. Um, you, I was a little surprised that they dropped, uh, Dion Bush, um, and didn't have room for him, but at the same time, there are a ton of good safeties on this team. Right. Um, and like we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, Bush is a guy you can actually bring back as a free agent if you end up cutting a guy. So, um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. I, I wonder if Nick Jones goes on injured reserve 
with some fractured fingers and then maybe Bush comes back in that capacity. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's possible. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Connor was a big it impacted Bush's yeah. situation as well. Um, so they're trying to keep, they're trying to keep things constantly moving there. I mean, that's what you do when you're a team with the, like the chiefs, right? The, your two best friends when it comes to the player types are rookies, young cost controlled guys and competent, cheap, veterans who you know maybe do one thing really well and you can bring them in they're you know they're great great run support at the safety position but they can't cover for shit you know so you you, those are the guys you need to have while you're trying to find your young well-rounded guys that you can have out there all the time so it makes sense the the way the chiefs keep churning through dbs like they do yeah well i'm with you folks by the way um we've had a ton of comments it's been interesting to read several of them and and just so appreciate anyone who's like watching the show hanging with us on a day like today it's a lot of fun to kind of go back and forth and see who's happy who's sad who's upset we've even seen some like brett veach is the worst even though he's like the general manager of a team that's won two of the last four super bowls so you know, a lot of opinions fly around here, um, but we so appreciate you guys hanging out with us. By the way, want to let you guys know we got some swag if you're interested. Um, as we're um, uh, in between things here, real fast, we'll get to Chris Jones in just a second. But just want to let you know the Arrowhead Attic merch store is live. You can visit it right now by clicking the link in the description below. We've got shirts and bath, beach towels, and baby onesies even. So if you're expecting, you could like usher them into the kingdom into the chief's kingdom arrowhead attic what how do we say that i don't know it's been a long time since i've had a baby i don't know get them started early get them started early that's what i'm trying to say uh we also have pint glasses for that game day uh great beer that you're gonna be drinking anyway use code roster cuts r-o-s-t-e-r-c-u-t-s to get 15 percent off your order today that's the promo code for this week's listeners and make sure to use that fast so it will expire on sunday rep the podcast we appreciate you hanging out with us um and uh help us out in that way if you will also if you're listening give us a thumbs up on the podcast leave a review we'd love it um if you have uh whether you're listening at apple or any other however you take in the podcast we just appreciate any feedback we get so yeah as always, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, Ronald said he likes the cap that I was showing. That's for sale in the Arrowhead Attic store. There it Go is. Get it. Rep that swag. Hey, let me uh, let me look. Let's turn to let's turn to Chris Jones because he's like it's a void in my heart. It's a void on the roster. Do you even know what to make of this right now? Like, I just feel like I'm I'm going. I don't even understand at this point. I don't even understand the stance really. Because there's so much money being lost that I don't quite get the end game with the leverage here or really the lack of leverage. Yeah, look, man, it's just I know how just absolutely furious everybody is when you've got this sort of this team that's on the cusp of a dynasty and coming off a Super Bowl win and all of these really wonderful things. It just it's frustrating to have any sort of dysfunction from from a fan base point of view. Right. Like you're just like, ah, come on, we're not. Not these clowns like the Colts or the the Raiders, like we're the Kansas City Chiefs, like we're the bet we're the premier organization in the NFL. Like these things shouldn't be happening, but like it's just hard, and it takes two to tango. And I don't begrudge, I still don't begrudge Chris Jones for doing what he's doing. I never will. It's a it is a personal thing. Your money and your living and your future. 
and the man can only play football for so long. And like, I, 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 I duked it out with everybody on Twitter last week. I took on all the arguments about well, I don't make anything and he makes millions and he should just be grateful. Like, man, it once, if you ever are so lucky to make millions of dollars, you're going to feel differently, right? Your money's your money. What you think you're worth is what you think you're worth. Don't ever begrudge anybody for doing what they think is best for them and their family. And I don't, I, I'm frustrated, but I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at the Chiefs either. Like Brett Veach has, he has a lot of things to consider in these negotiations. And it's not just Chris Jones in the next two years. It's, it's, it, look, he's, he could be in this job for life, right? He could probably do this job for as long as he wants. He's got to think about the next 10 guys he's got to negotiate with. And every piece of leverage that an agent can get, because that's the agent's job. And the agent's thinking about the agent. Hey man, I, the Katz brothers, we got, we got an agency here. We're trying to feed our families. We're trying to grow our business. We're trying to attract new clients. We don't want to get, so it's a very complicated and nobody's really wrong in this situation. Um, when you're, if you've negotiated with people, you it, leverage, you, you hang on to every bit of leverage that you have. And Brett Veach has given out some big contracts in the past, early in his tenure with the Chiefs. And since the Chiefs have been a bit more frugal, and he's been very much a line in the sand guy. We saw it with Tyree Kill. We saw it with Orlando Brown Jr. Now we're seeing it with Chris Jones. I don't know where it ends. I know that at a certain point, and maybe the Chiefs know this too, that the leverage flips from Chris Jones, who I think kind of has a little bit of leverage right now, to the Chiefs. Yep. Because once those games start getting played, Chris Jones is losing a significant amount of money. And the Chiefs, probably figure as important as Chris Jones, as crucial. I don't even want to say important. He is crucial. He is key to what they want to do on defense to this team. They're looking at it and they're like, there's only one guy, actually two guys we can't do without. And that's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And they figure they can probably win without Chris Jones. And so Maybe they want to call his bluff and say, yeah, look, we're fine to go into a few games without you because we think we can still win them. We, th- we just won the Super Bowl. You are a big part of that. But let's see if you want to miss all these game checks. And I think that's where I worry as a fan where it doesn't get ugly, right? And we saw this with the, the situation in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor and Jim Israel. Like, does it get ugly? And I, I haven't been too much worried to this point because – there hasn't been, we haven't had a Chris Jones going, I want traded. Cause that's what happens when the players fed up and they're yeah. like, trade me. I'm not coming. I don't care. I'm so pissed off. Screw you guys. That has not happened. So there's still a chance to, 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 I think to rescue this, but it might have to get a little bit more painful for everybody before it comes to a resolution. And, you know, at this point, if he came back tomorrow, He's pr- he's probably playing. He's limited snaps, right? Um, yeah. I thought he'd be back by now. I really did. Everybody seems to be dug in. You've got the best NFL insiders out there saying there's no resolution in sight. So at this point, the Chiefs are calling Chris Jones bluff. Like if they if they were going to relent, they they could have they would have done it by now because it, it it hurts the team to a degree, right? For them to do this, so. They're probably going to see it through 
to this point and see if he blinks. Yeah. Yeah. One, I'll say this. I appreciate your, your nuance here, your ability to hold a lot of this intention. That's hard to do. It's hard to, it's hard to give credibility to every viewpoint in the argument uh, with anything. We see that with anything these days. Um, and that's true here too. And, and I'm with you. I, I don't, I don't fault Chris for wanting his, you get, get your bag, man, get your bag when you can get it. Yep. And I don't fault the chiefs for having a master plan and trying to stick to it. I guess where I wonder is, I guess I just wonder what advice Jones is getting to take this, you know, like, like who's advising him how much he could get and, and, why didn't we know a lot about this negotiation way before training camp? You know, if if Chris Jones wants Aaron Donald money, the, did the Chiefs not know that in the preseason or like you know back in free agency when they could have maybe traded him or or to a team who would give him that or like it all just feels like a lot of things surfaced too late, and then now Jones is holding out, but he really lacks the leverage to see it all the way through. The only way that Chris Jones gets the leverage that he wants and it was worth it is if the Chiefs host the Lions and the Lions punch him in the mouth. If that happens, if Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery run for like 300 yards down the throats of the Chiefs at Arrowhead and upset them in the opener, the entire crowd at Arrowhead is going to be chanting Chris Jones's name in the stands and maybe that he's made himself some money there. Like maybe there's enough pressure. But- it, it's possible. Um, you know, our pal Matt Verran was on with me on Thursday and he made a really good point. He said, um, this is Chris Jones best chance to get paid right now. He's coming off 15 and a half sack season. He was incredible. Yeah. All pro like win the Super Bowl. He's not going to repeat that this year. Yeah, it's just the it, it, the chances are one in a million. Um, it won't be that it won't mean that he won't play well. It's just really hard to do. That's fifteen and a half sacks is bananas. So he knows this is a shot, but at the same time, it, that's where I think the Chiefs know that they have the leverage because, like, you're at a breaking point. Like you, you, if you come back, if you sit out three games or say he sits out eight like you threaten well guess what you come back you better go on one hell of a tear those last eight games because now you're a year older you got another year of tread on your tires you're 30 before the next season starts you're not going to get what the chiefs are offering you and the same thing happened to orlando brown the chiefs offered him more money than he got from the Bengals. he wanted to test the market and it didn't work out for him um, you know, so Chris Jones is, is gambling, but he's not an idiot. He's a very smart guy. He knows he's, he's gambling. We're going to see how, how it, uh, how the roulette wheel spins on this one, unfortunately, yeah. as much as we would rather not. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Saw some comments, by the way, Neil Farrell's not a Chris Jones replacement. He is a, uh, a Derek naughty enhancement, um, or backup in nose tackle. So, uh, even though they made a move at defensive line, the Chiefs are still missing Chris Jones as much as they were before today. Let's be very clear. There is no player, no player in place to do what Chris Jones can do on this roster or even a a bit part of it. 
Uh, it's just yeah. a major void. And let me add one um, thing, because I, I saw somebody in the chat said, hey, he's under contract, you know? And then all of a sudden, everybody becomes really like pro-worker. Like, yeah, right. yeah, you're under contract. You got a contract. You have an obligation. Listen, a couple things. One, they can cut him. That's not a fully guaranteed contract. He'll get some of the money, but they can cut him for any reason. They can just be like, yeah, you know, and if they did, like if he started to stink, all right, and they cut him, I guarantee whoever that was, it was like, he's under contract. People were saying that to me on Twitter. Wouldn't come rushing in on a white horse and armor and being like, hang on. Chris <laughs> Jones had a contract. Right. Yeah, I know he's, uh, you know, he whatever, he's hurt or whatever, but he stink. He's, they'd be like, he stinks. Get him out of here. Cut him. Put in the next guy. Number two, he's going to pay. To not obligate, to not meet his obligation for that contract. So, like, it's not like he's under contract and he's just sitting at home on the couch and he's getting all his money. Like, he won't get his money. He's going to lose millions of dollars potentially if he sits out. So, what we have here is a situation where the players, you know, they're in a union, they negotiate, they don't get everything they want. There's a lot of things that are really shitty for the players in the NFL. The franchise tag is bullshit. It's a monopoly. You can get traded. Like there are all these things that if like, can you imagine like whatever you guys do out there, if your boss called you up and like, let's say you live in, uh, I'm in Chicago. They call me up. Hey, Patrick, heads up, man. Uh, We traded you to SB Nation and we need you to move to Washington, D.C. You got to be there by the end of the week. Um, same, same, same salary, by the way, like it's, it's nuts. These guys do not have like, yes, they, they have the chance to make millions of dollars because they're the absolute best at what they do in the world. So they deserve it, but they can just be cut at any time. They don't get all their money. They can be traded. They can't go work where they want to work. They can be franchised. So like when you get all like fired up and red in the face, because they dare to use the slim bit of leverage they have to try to get a few more million dollars before they do get cut and they can't play professional football ever again and they have to go work in insurance or something if they need more money. Um, like, throw those arguments out. Get Just miss me with the, like, he's set for life and I work at the car dealership and it's bullshit. Well, like, maybe if you were the absolute greatest car salesman in the entire world you'd be making more money at the car dealership. But you're not. Chris Jones is one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, maybe the best defensive tackle in the NFL. He has every right to try to get every penny he can. He doesn't owe anybody. He doesn't owe the fans anything. And and, and again, and, and I know it's coming. Well, I pay his salary because I subscribe to NFL Network. No, you don't. No, you don't, dude. You don't pay Chris Jones' salary. There would be like your... The NFL is not there because of you. Okay. You're there because of the NFL. <laughs> All right. You weren't there when the NFL started. No, neither was anybody else. Okay. Um, I just, these arguments that people come up with are so, they're so small in scope that they can't see beyond like their, their, their own bias. And it drives me nuts. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not Clark Hunt is evil guy. I'm not the chiefs. Like I'm not, that's not me, but like it's, um, I, yeah, rant over, but like, just try to have some perspective, and and and, tr- and trust me, you would do the same thing. 
Sure. You would do the same thing these guys do. They're not different than you. Most of them come from very similar backgrounds to the rest of us. They they weren't born into money, right? They they they've worked very hard to get where they are. So, all right, I'm done. Apologies. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All good, man. All good. I I do hope that we see Chris Jones this week. My my hope is this week he will report, find a way to make peace. I think everyone in Kansas City would love to see him back. I think his teammates would welcome him back with open arms. The yeah. Chiefs have maintained. Yes, when he gets here, we'll be very glad to see him here. So hopefully they've avoided some bad blood and created le- the least amount of hurdles for him to return as possible. Um, well, folks, we've arrived at the end of another show. But before we go, um, our esteemed producer, Richard, should come in the picture here. Richard, can I summon you? Are you there? You just did. Congratulations, Matt. It worked every time. Folks, uh, we we end every show with what we call the must list. This is when we just when we recommend something to you as a service. It's not really a service. You guys tell us about things you love, and we love sharing things we love. And by the way, you can even do so in our Discord if you're a member of the channel. Hang out in the Discord. Hang out with us. Tell us what you love there all the time. People are sharing about their favorite movies and books and other podcasts and favorite Chiefs players and so much. So uh, anyway, we end every show with the must list. And uh, Richard, you want to start us off, man? We like what's uh, what's on your must list for this week? Uh, all right. Firstly, I want to offer a correction. Last week, I, I had like a, a brain fart. I, I tried to recommend Talk to Me. I said Let Me In, which is the remake of Let the Right One In. That's a good movie, too. But uh, I just want to make a quick correction there. We're August 29th now. Let's move forward. I'm going to recommend uh, a band that I've been enjoying for the last few years, and they're going to be a little relevant in November by the name of Anna Mana Gucci. This is a, uh, Matt's already shaking his head. This is a chiptune bit pop band. If for anyone who's not into that genre, it's basically just musicians making original compositions using the sound chips from old arcade games, video consoles, and making music using a uh, video game music, basically. Oh. So uh, Anna Mana Gucci is a four piece band from New York. They play a lot of their instruments live. So they are, you know, two guitarists, bass, and a drummer. They rock really hard. I saw them last year on 420. Very good show. Uh, and they, they're an amazing band and they're going to be kind of relevant in November. They're going to be doing the soundtrack to the Scott Pilgrim TV show. They did the soundtrack to the game oh. previously. Um, yeah, they rule. Check them out. Their last album before was USA. Uh, it's an otherworldly album. Uh, it, it, it rules. Check out Anna Monaguchi. That is A-N-A-M-A-N-A-G-U-C-H-I. Nice. Is is that like you take the you take the noise from like when Mario goes down a pipe like sure whatever you want that yeah you take the sound font from a game uh, from any game you want that you have any I guess a nostalgic feeling for and you uh, you make music you make new music using the old sounds that those that those old artists had to kind of you know work within the constructs of so it's pretty cool check out Anamanaguchi nice Patrick you're our guest today are you really our guest you're our normal Thursday host you've just been relocated for a week. I don't know. It's fun. I like not being the host of the show. All right. Well, you're a guest then. Getting to be the guest and get get riff and not have to worry about the flow. (laughs) Uh, It's nice. Yeah. What do you, uh, did you bring something to the table for, uh, for this potluck known as the must list? I did. Um, Very excited to be on the must list. Um, So I went with a favorite film of mine. Uh, You guys know I'm a big horror movie guy, big Halloween guy. And there's a movie called uh, The Final Girls, which came out a while back. Got some actors in it. You'll know. It is 
not scary. It's it's a it's a comedy horror spoof, right? What I really love about this movie and why I own it and I own very few movies and why I watch it frequently is because a lot of movies, horror movies in particular, aren't about anything, really. Or if they ever were about something in the uh, by the time they get through the cutting process of executives and all that crap, like they just there's nothing left. There's no heart left. And Horror spoofs or horror comedies are even worse. They're even worse offenders in this way because they're just trying to make everybody laugh. They don't care about the the story being about anything or having actually like real rich characters. In fact, they're often so silly that they're caricatures. I, you guys know me. My background's in theater. I'm an actor. Like I'm really drawn to work that actually is about something. And I find it's much more impactful, whether it's funny, whether it's dramatic, if you can relate to characters. And that's why like dark comedies, for example, I think are so in, impactful because I think when we can laugh with or at people, we find them to be much more human. And so then if drama is introduced to that story, it, it can be very affecting. The Final Girls is a story about, and this isn't really a spoiler, it happens in the first five minutes of the movie, a young woman whose mother is killed. Uh, she's a struggling actress and she's killed there in a car accident. Um, they're in the car together. And her mother is famous for being in this basically Friday the 13th movie in this universe. Um, I forget what the name of the movie's called, but that was like her one big break. And that's what she's known for. And she can't get an, any more work as an actor because she was the, in this famous movie and, you know, played like the virgin or whatever. And essentially what happens is they go on the anniversary of her death. There's a screening of the of the, the series and she goes to it, the daughter, and there's a crazy thing and they go into the screen and they're in the movie. So she's in there with the character played by her deceased mother, who she misses very much and is still carrying a lot of guilt around. And it's just, it do that doesn't sound probably particularly funny, but it's a hilarious movie with really incredible performances, super over the top, but it has a heart and I can't recommend it enough. I absolutely love it. I cry. I'm not ashamed to admit every time I watch it. Um, and it really got me into the song Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes, which is also fantastic. So you got to check it out. It's it's terrific. If, if you're squeamish and stuff like that, don't worry. It's not it's not that kind of movie. Man, by the way, Chris Jones tweeted Betty Davis Eyes. He did. That's like why a, it's been on my brain. It's because of that tweet. That's funny that that goes full circle there. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I gave a lecture there, but no, it's good to know, man. Good it's to a know. good movie. I want to second that. He's, he he gave me the spiel years ago at the office, and I ended up watching it. So yeah, check out the Final <laughs> Girls. Good for Richard's. Got to be so glad to not work in the same space on a daily basis. <laughs> no, no, I get more. I would be. I'm, I'm at a loss for film recommendations. I wish you would say something I haven't heard yet. All right, all right. I'll think. I'll dig one up for you. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, my must list this week. We finished season four, which is the last season of Barry. Have you guys seen this show? I haven't gotten to it yet. No. I, I've watched. I need to start season four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in case you don't know, it's an HBO series. Uh, Bill Hader from SNL is an assassin and it's actually, it's a comedy. It's it's kind of a comedy. It's only 30 minutes long episodes. So it's real easy to digest. It's great. Bill Hader is just so good in it. And uh, anyway, we just finished. It is a bananas, bananas final season. They wrap it super well. Um, I love it when a series sticks the landing. I love mm. it. It's very hard to do, and they absolutely did it. So if you're a fan of, I don't know, it's even just worth watching the first one or two just to like see if it's for you. But uh, yeah, if you if you're looking for something fun to watch that's kind of on the darker side, it's uh, it's pretty great. And that's another example of what I was talking about. Like he he has something as a comedian in his dramatic performance. 
Uh, I, we saw this with Adam Sandler and some of the dramatic stuff that he did. Jim Carrey. Uh, I think I think comedians have a real knack for dramatic acting. Um, I think they're able to tap into something. Yeah. Great show. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, folks, uh, we hope we've tapped into something with you all as we chat about the Chiefs and uh, encourage a few things here on the end. Uh, we just appreciate all of you forever hanging out with, listening to, supporting us in any way. You all are just the best. Chiefs are the best. Chiefs fans are certainly the best. And this corner of Chiefs Kingdom is our particular favorite. So uh, just kudos to all of you. Um, on behalf of Richard, our producer, who could talk for himself, but I won't let him right now. Patrick Allen, our guest, who we're just so glad to have. Uh, on behalf of Sterling Holmes, who's probably golfing somewhere or combing his hair upwards, however that works. Uh, and on behalf of myself, uh, Matt Connor, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we'll see you soon. Join us tomorrow for Adam Best and the Wacky Wednesday Chiefs podcast. Did I say that right? Is it Wacky Wednesday? Uh, I want to I want to offer a correction. Adam will be streaming Friday at three thirty Central. He will not be streaming tomorrow. So never mind. <laughs> Schedule change. Never let me announce what's next. I will tell you the wrong thing. Stay tuned. We'll yeah. If you subscribe, you will get all of the prompts that you need for our channel. Anyway, we'll see you next time. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.